you hear that? get to the chorus and I'll tell you what we're listening to. fade out right the song is from the movie magnolia which came out i'm gonna check it out because i think it was 1999 but it may have been i want to say it was 99 and uh i don't think it was a huge hit it was with uh tom cruise and julianne moore and all that uh john c Riley. um but it kind of made an impact on me. Yeah, it was okay. It was in 1999. That's what I thought. I saw it with um, Camden's mom, Shalene, in Alabama. And I, that's there's that scene where everyone in the movie, like that song comes on, and everyone in the movie is singing along to it. And, uh, you know, that's, I think. I'm trying to remember the timeline, but my mom died in 2001. I I want to say in 99, though, we kind of, she had almost passed away from uh, esophageal pharyngeas, I believe it's called, basically she was just hemorrhaging blood when I was out in Utah going to school. And um, the movie, in the movie, uh, Tom Cruise's dad is dying of cancer. So... It hit me on a like a different level, <laughs> and that song. I remember that scene in that song. Like I said, it. I'm a I'm such a sucker for slow songs like that. Anyway, so you know, I texted a little clip of the movie to Shalene. I was like, "Do you remember this one?" And she's like, uh, "She's like, was it that movie?" Magnolia. She remembered it, but and I was like, "Oh, she does remember that song or the bad movie." And um, she's like, "Is that the one where the frogs fell out of the sky?" I was like, "And they did." There was a weird scene. I don't know. How, I should almost figure out how they filmed that scene. Um, the frogs did. They fell out of the sky, and I mean that's happened in real life. I don't know. I forget how that happens, but uh, it's almost like a biblical thing. So I'm like. <laughs> I'm having this moment, which I get these all the time. I, I'm a such a sensitive idiot. I sit up, sit there and tear up during. I was watching Million Dollar Baby with uh, Hillary Swank and Clint Eastwood. You know, another cool Clint. <laughs> but 
And let me just quick side note about that movie. Um, Hillary Swank, like her character was perfect. Like you talk about just the most humble, hardworking. She nailed it, man. She was just, like I said, the humble, hardworking girl, just following her dream, doing whatever she was told by her trainer. So she did a great job with that. And I was thinking like, man, where are people like her in the real world? And I'll, you know what? Another quick side note. I, I got to say, dude, there's, <laughs> you know how in movies they have um, characters who pretend like, like you're really annoying me, Johnson, by coming around and don't let me catch you here again. And they're acting like they're so annoyed. But you can tell they kind of like the person coming around and doing whatever. <laughs> and it's it, that kind of cookie cutter crap annoys me because it's like, okay, just let them join your team or whatever. Quit pretending like you're... Well, Clint Eastwood in this movie, he's she keeps asking him to train her. She's like, can you train? He's like, there's a lot of good managers and legit trying to get rid of her. <laughs> and she keeps coming back. And he's like, all right, there's fine. Here's a manager. I'll give you a manager. He'll give you a shot. And things just keep happening where he, he's there's a, finally a scene where he and I don't like to swear. So I don't like to use the Lord's name in vain, but I'll just use say hot instead of he, he, he he's kind of put in a situation where he has to take her on as a client and he's like ah oh, damn it fine he's like but you're gonna do what i say and just he's just right pissed about it and i that's so real like i love that as opposed to like like i said i i'm not really nailing trying to, what i'm trying to express there but he wasn't playing, and then it became a joke. Like later on, because he, he kept saying, "Like, listen, I'll get you, get you a couple of fights, but I'm not gonna, I'm not your manager, and you know, you can leave me anytime. You don't like what I'm doing, leave. Go get another manager. Anytime you want to go, go." And then they start really doing well, and they're driving back like one o'clock in the morning or whatever after a, a fight, and talking about the next one. He's like, "Well." I'm just doing this so you get a manager. And that by then it became a, a joke. But I'm like, the, I, I really like that. Like I said, it's very plausible. And, you, you know, my suspension of disbelief was high. Because I was like, oh, my God, that's some good acting. Really good acting. But back to Magnolia. So I'm sitting there having this moment, like, thinking about, like, memories and, like, you know, where I went wrong with Shaleen and what I'm going to do in the future with her and... You know what I mean? Just like Camden and like, I mean, Camden wasn't even a thought back in 1999. And like all, just all the changes in life, you know, and then I, you know, I was trying to talk to Shalene a little bit about it and stuff. She's like, yeah, that movie sucked. And I was like, <laughs> it just, <laughs> it kind of brought me out of my sappy, like, oh, well, I liked it. It kind of made a mark on me, but I guess it, it just sucked anyway. So William H. Macy's in there also. There's a lot of stars. And this is, I don't know if other people think like this. Probably not. And that's probably a blessing. But, and I don't know how long this is going to be. But again, gold nuggets of wisdom and or you are all my counseling sessions. And thank you. Um... There's a scene in there where John C. Riley, who's a police officer, it's raining and he's trying to investigate something. Um, 
And he starts getting, he's like trying to knock on windows to see if everyone's okay. And he uh, gets shot at. So he has to like take cover. He's like ducking and it's raining and he slides down this hill and he loses his flashlight. But then he also loses his gun. And he's like, oh, no, 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 God, no, 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 my gun. And just, you know, freaking out, like praying to God that he can find his gun. And he's like, please, please, just, it's a terrible thing, you know. And um, I started thinking about, like, little stuff like that triggers, triggers isn't the right word, but it makes me think because trigger seems like it's a negative thing. I don't think it's a negative thing, but makes me think, like, you know, when you're younger, and something bad like that happens and you're stuck out in the elements looking for something or whatever. You just feel like when you're younger, you feel like you have more energy to handle these types of crises. Crises? And, you know, I'm 47 and I'm thinking, oh, God, if that if that if I were in that situation and I lost my gun, I would just be like, I'm, I'm just, just, screw it. Let's get in my car. I'll turn in my badge tomorrow. I'm done being a cop. <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating a little for effect there but i did i think like it really comes down to energy expenditure but the only thing that makes me feel better about that too as i remember being 27 working in carson california which is next to compton working with little gangbangers and you know you had to be active like walk around like i I broke up a fight every other day not exaggerating that was the average it was crazy because they have you know, rival gangs in there, and it was no joke, but, um, I remember thinking, like, for me to catch these kids when they're smoking weed, or to see a situation brewing, or whatever it is I have to do, I just remember using that same phrase, the energy expenditure, I was 27, (laughs) so, I'm like, here I am literally 20 years later to the year going, oh, geez, energy expenditure. That's what it comes down to. When you're younger, you have more energy and you can, it made me realize, here's another point I realized too, is uh, if I could go back, like looking at the way I did things like with a band, um, so many examples come from band life, but I look at some of the stuff I put up with or, okay, here's something. Back then I was like, I'm just, I'm just happy to play. I'll play whatever. I don't care. Uh, let's just go and jam. And I watched a video of my band when I was, uh, geez, what was I? 21. We were reality shock and we're playing at this, uh, skate park. Some, something in the summer. It's a free gigs. Of course we don't care. We're just happy to play. And, you know, it's not that we sucked like we couldn't play, but we're playing originals and we're just, they give us, we're like, well, we got a 45 minute slot. And <laughs> at one point in the show, there some people are yelling, I'll bring out the Muldoons, like get off. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, I, I don't know. It's like, I kind of put myself in that situation and I didn't, I don't know how to describe it, but I I didn't have a mic. I wasn't going to work the crowd. I was just totally just a drummer. I'm just going to do what I'm told and just play these songs. So 
now I look at that like when I see that's the reason I take over the band is because I see that leadership is lacking and I'm like okay and there's certain things I just won't do the other day I was on playing with a new group of guys and they're like come on man hit them hit those drums and I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not a basher dude I'm not gonna just beat the shit out of the drums just because somebody wants me to that's what they want I'm like no man I gotta say, dude, I, that's what's nice about being older. I just don't care as much what people think. Now, what I wish is, I wish if I could go back, we always say if we could go back 20 years or whatever, what would we do? If I could go back to my early 20s, I would have made myself build up my self-esteem a lot more because a lot of awkwardness that comes out, in my opinion, is because of when people don't have a game, it's because they are, that's a better way to say it, but I look back and I just look at the way I, I did things. I had no game at all, but I also didn't have any self-esteem. I didn't realize, you know, being a drummer, like I do have a say in a band. And not only that, like, uh, this shit isn't going to fly. The stuff we're doing right now, this is not going to work. And the leader of the band at the time, I mean, I'm, I'm the leader of the bands I was in, they didn't know what they were doing either, but at least I had a clue and a vision of what I wanted. You know what I mean? So as far as this whole having game thing, meaning, the, yeah, I don't know how else to say it, but not that I, the only game, quote unquote, I have now is that I am older and I don't give a shit. And that, that makes me cool by default because like my old boss used to say cool is when you don't care and it is it's like i don't care about a lot of stuff that used to really get me uh fired up man you know you get older and it just you realize it's not a big deal so uh, yeah i gotta say i just another reason i'm doing this is i just got off the phone with my ex-wife which is still weird to say i know i said every time i say her say that phrase ex-wife but she, she just i don't know if i knew this or not but she's a nurse and uh, my friend james who i used to always call jamie uh is also a nurse and when i was talking about my mom almost dying in 90 99 um she went to marquette which is you know, two hours away from where I lived. And I was going to school in Utah at the time. Well, she almost bled out, like I said. And though it's amazing she made it through. I remember that. I remember talking to my sister, like, I'm in Utah. I can't get there. If she dies, like, I'm going to, I'm screwed because, you know. Um, I mean, the priest let, read her her last rites. She was, it's amazing she pulled through and lived for a few more years. Um, I don't know if I knew this or not, but my ex-wife was on the nurse on in charge that night and she told James who was my former best friend when I was you know up to like age 14 um we were really close and not that we then he moved and we just kind of we still talk to, to this day but he ended up taking care of my mom and I'm like that kind of floored me I'm like I don't think I knew this dude and she's like yeah it was bad it wasn't you know, she said she couldn't do it because she knew her and stuff. And it's just like, you look at, sometimes you just have to sit back and look at all the stuff you've been through. And 
we all have a 100% survivability rate. I mean, I have I have friends and family members who have uh, been admitted to the psych ward. You know what I mean? And it, we're they're still here too. I mean, life can be a fucking shit show sometimes. Shit's hard, but we we made it. And like, I look at you guys don't know how much of a <laughs> oh my god. I was so, I'm going to swear, so just turn it down. But I was so fucked up over my first, my first wife, my only wife. My divorce, man, I, I don't even like talking to my ex about it because she'll just start apologizing, you know, but we were fucking young. But I just, I can, I can definitely appreciate the fact that, that I'm able to, like she just called, like I said, and I'll always have love for her, you know. She's going struggling with. I don't know if she listens to this, but I, I I'm gonna say it if I haven't said it already. But struggling with mental illness and yeah, that's where I think real love comes in. You know, because not that I would want her back in my life full time and to deal with any potential issues that come along with the mental illness. But I would never turn her away if she needed, like, help with something. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, the dynamics between us, man. In love, married, divorced. She was with a new guy. You know, I was with Shalene, and um, she was my fucking... What is it? Standard bearer for what I, well, I compared everybody to her. I was like, you got to be, I want you to be prettier than Rochelle. And I want her, I there, just said her name. That's like, whatever. If you know me, that's what is, but I, I was like, I, yeah, she was it. And now looking at how things are now where I'm like, I don't know, man, the progress I've made and been able to make, Thank God. And to be able to just appreciate the fact that, you know, I got over it. I survived. I am stronger for it. And it just gives you perspective, you know. And it also was such a fucking... Dude, I remember. I remember all this shit from, like, it is 1999, I remember how I felt back then, like what I was going through, what my dreams were about the insecurities of the future. And that kind of brings me to like, to fucking goals, okay? It's like that, uh, the analogy of, you take a magnifying glass, magnifying glass, until you direct the sunlight and hold it at the right angle and pinpoint it, it doesn't until you until it gets focused it doesn't start a fire and that's what i feel like this year this next year is going to be for is me figuring out what the fuck i'm going to be doing like i've got my my vision board up i have things on there that i'm really working for one of them is to do 5 5 minutes of stand up maybe here in tampa or something and I'm like, okay, so I need to write five minutes of fucking material. 
I can do it. I know I can. I've, I've got some shit now. Whether or not it's going to be good, that <laughs> remains to be seen. Am I looking for a career in stand-up? No, but I want to be able to, to say that I've done stand-up because I technically did do stand-up when I was like 21. I thought, I was like, I can fucking get up there and do this and, you know. It wasn't great. <laughs> it was a lot harder than I thought it'd be, but... Um, and another thing I want to do is I have a, a goal to write a 15-minute sitcom based on the cover band. Just on band life. It doesn't have to be cover band. But uh, it will be cover band life. Um, and now the job of this, the point of all this, is I have to fucking sit down and write and put the, the work in. You know what I mean? It has to come. It has to move from the abstract to the, to the real. And that's what's nice about vision boards. Um, and like, I have to schedule that in. Like, when am I going to do this now? Because, and maybe I'll find out, maybe the nice thing too about a vision board is maybe I'll find out that, okay, I'm really never going to, to do a a sitcom. Maybe that's what I'm going to find out or, um, follow some of my other goals. Like I have an idea for a, a card game based on band life. And not only that, just band life in general. Like, I want to make a good living playing music, but I have to be very specific, like I said. I want to be with people that I get along with. I want to play music that I like. Um, and I, th- th- those two are big. Like, if I'm in a band that is is doing well regionally and we're traveling and we're fucking making a decent living and i'm saying a decent living would be, would be like a thousand dollars a week playing just playing music you know the truth is i would do it for half that if i <laughs> if i had the right crowd and everything um all right crew but if i'm making two thousand dollars a week but i'm with a bunch of assholes that i can't stand i don't think i could do it man and that's when you realize money really can't buy everything so trying to visualize what it is I want and then I have to test that against what am I willing to what amount of work am I willing to put into that so it's a process but um